Colorado. I'm young. Altitude Sports Radio. You know, Mike Tomlin, I, I wish you would coach my life. 92.5. To start the show again. Seriously. Start again. And Altitude TV. Start the show again. This is ridiculous. When this show starts, we talk sports. It's Mosher, Lombardi, and Kane. That's also not true. Here's Vic, Mark, and Brett. One second left, and there's the horn. And it's not ideal, people. Denver back-to-back beatdowns at Sacramento and at Milwaukee. The Nuggets lose it tonight to the Bucks by a final of 112 to 95. It's two in a row for the Nuggets, and quite a few here in recent memory where they've just not shown up. Uh, I know the All-Star break is right around the corner, and maybe they're looking ahead. And, you know, maybe part of it, too, is uh, we won a championship. These are the dog days of the season, and we just don't care. We want to get to the postseason. Like, uh, all of that, I I guess, is out there, but it's also not excusable for for putting on performances like that. And to be honest, guys, I'm just really kind of sick and tired of losing because I've taken so many L's here the last couple of weeks between the Avs, the Nuggets, and then the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I'm done with it. I'm frustrated. Um, Let me start, Moj, and I'll let you bust in with some Avs commentary because I think they run parallel the way they're playing right now, the Avs and the Nuggets. Uh, Champions don't play like that. Champions don't approach games like that. Champions don't get blown out in back-to-back games. In fact, I challenge you to look at last year's schedule and find how many times the Nuggets were subject to blowouts like they have been in the last 30 days. They've been blown out a lot, and it's becoming all too common. And I think it comes down to pride at some point. I understand it's a long season. I understand that the All-Star break's approaching, and I understand that this is a team that is tailor-made for the playoff run, and they want to get to the playoffs. But at some point, you have to say to yourself, boys, we, we got to come to play. And I know they're saying that in the locker room, and I know that Michael Malone is echoing those same sentiments to his players. It can't be just Nikola Jokic every night, and then who chooses to show up? Because he shows up. He shows up and he plays, and he puts up the numbers, and he produces. Who else is going to do that on a consistent basis? And that's what this team is missing. Consistency from other players. They got one. They got one all-star. So here we are complaining that they don't have enough all-stars on this roster, that it's a championship roster. If you want to call yourself an all-star, you got to play consistent basketball. And it's something they haven't done this season. Yep. Uh, On top of that, Vic and Moj, um, I don't know what their plan is. Like, we'll get a better idea, I guess, from Mike Malone, who's going to be on Dempsey and Company at 1020 this morning. But does this feel like you got one more game before the break? Uh, Jamal and KCP left the game. They probably are not going to play against Sacramento, I would assume. I would assume. I don't know. But does this feel like one of those games that could just be like, hey, Jay Huff, you're going to get 15 minutes because we got one more, and then hopefully after the break, we can hit the bleep and reset button and not have this happen again? You know what I mean? Like, is that the well, mentality? Dude, they had two days off before the Milwaukee game. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand what the issue was. Yeah. Now, if it's a lingering injury like KCP, I get that. I mean, he told me a week ago he's fine. He ain't fine. <laughs> he ain't fine. Players want to play. He wanted to play. He couldn't go. I would shut him down. I wouldn't even think about playing him in the Sacramento game. Right. I have no idea what's going on with Jamal. 
tibia issue. Um, I'm not sure it's, if it's something that lingers from the original ACL Is that a injury. fancy word for shin splints? I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the tibia something something. Uh, he was obviously discussing it with Michael Malone during the game. They're in the first half. They huddled together, and he never came back into the game after that. But if he's hurt and it's a lingering issue, shut him down too. Shut him down. That It's not about... It's not about who's playing. It's about how hard you play when you play. I mean, look at the box score. I, I, again, case in point, box score last night. Denver Nuggets in Milwaukee. One man goes 29-12. and 12. Nobody else comes close to that. Yeah. Aaron Gordon had 14.7 rebounds. He played hard. Do you see anybody else on that, on that stat sheet that you could say played hard? Nope. And Moj, um, a texture says, are we really playing the doom and gloom game with this team? I'm not playing doom and gloom, but you're just calling out a lack of effort here, aren't you? I mean, that's I all think it is. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is, Kaner. And Vickis, surprisingly, surprisingly, Vickis said a lot of smart things in the first five minutes of this program. But I got Because give I don't credit. mince words about these teams, Moj. I okay, don't I'm, mince me... words about them. I call them great when they're great, and right now they're not great. The Nuggets are not great. The Nuggets are just I'm going giving, through the motions. Not to say they're not going to be great. They're not great right now. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. You're right about a lot of things. Their personal pride has to take over. Kaner, here's the way it works. Is that teams can get bored. These are the dog days. I think the Avs are in the same kind of thing, right? But what you can't do is you can't get these habits going where it's okay to get your asses kicked where it's acceptable to go in and not even be in the game. I mean, not only be down by, what was it, like 15 at half time? What was it, 15 at halftime, 16 at halftime, something like that? Yeah. And then in the third quarter, you know, Jamal's out, KCP is gone, and then you just lay down the rest of the game. Nobody else does anything. And Michael Malone recognized it. That's why he cleared his bench last night. In fact, the only guy who didn't play was friggin' Huff. And no offense to Jay Huff, but Jay Huff is Jay Huff. And so that's you know you can't just go in and, and get throttled and say oh no no big deal because that's not the way a champion is supposed to behave. Champions will lose games. Everybody does, but you need to, you need to have that personal pride come in. Same kind of story with the Colorado Avalanche. You were completely smothered and kicked by Carolina, and then you went into Florida and you got even more kicked. In fact, that game, even though you had a pretty decent first period, you're down 2 nothing. you were non-existent. You were a non-show-up for the next 40 minutes of hockey, and you lose 4 nothing, including giving up 27 shots in a period. So mm-hmm. it's just it, there, there comes a time when you gotta, you got to say, hey, man, we got some personal pride here, and we have some responsibility to ourselves, to the other guys in the room, to actually put it together. I mean, get, get yeah. your you – know, pull your heads out and let's go and let's – and you, and you can lose. Like, the Avs could lose tonight 3-2 to two in overtime. Mm-hmm. But, but you show me see something. The, yeah, but you want to see and, – and I'm not – I wouldn't be freaking out about it because, you know, teams go through these kind of things. But you need to turn it around, and you need to show that personal pride. And for a team as talented as the Avalanche, for a team as talented with the Nuggets, if you just do that, you're going to be on the right side a lot more than you're going to be on the wrong side. I'm going to – Allow me some some energy to expend here. Allow allow this, because I'm reading the text line, and I knew this was going to happen today. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go. I hate extremists. I hate extremism. I hate it in sports. I hate it in life. Those of you who sit at 
opposite ends of the aisle and everything's either extremely fine, everything's fine, everything's great, or, oh my God, it's so dour, we're never going to win again. I hate extremism. It's stupid, it's silly, it's a waste of time. It is our job, and the reason I think you listen to shows like this, the reason we all do sports talk is, when is it time to hit a button and wonder? And when I've seen the Denver Nuggets, and I think I know this team pretty damn well, don't you think? Pretty damn well. And I have now witnessed four blowout losses in the last 30 days. I challenge you to find four blowout losses in a span of 30 days on last year's schedule. Let alone back-to-back blowout losses. Yeah, doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Okay. Hey, Vic, to, to echo your sentiments, the Abs have now been shut out four times this year, all on the road. They had four shutouts. They were shut out four times all of last season. And we got a lot of runway left here to finish this year. Now, once last season, with the Nuggets blown out in back-to-back games, and now you might add, what is a blowout? Well, I think you know what it is. I think you know what a blowout loss is. A blowout loss is where you stop paying attention to the damn game in the third quarter. That's what it is. I've shut the game off two games in a row. Exactly right. That's what it is. So when I read texts, let's see. Oh, relax, dude. It's February, writes 5236. Vic acting like the Nuggets are down 0-3 in the second round. Well, I'm just wondering, what do you... When they lose in back-to-back games the way they have, what do you want us to say? Relax? It's February? What what reaction is appropriate? It's cool the All-Star game is coming? Do I think that they're out of the championship hunt? Of course not. Did anybody ever say that? But do I think this is appropriate for a champion to play like that? To take the foot off the pedal that much? No. No, it's not. Can I give this a couple of steps here? Number one. Uh, my thought process here is not like, oh, the Nuggets run is done. They're over. Do I think they win a championship again? Of course I do. Do I think they'll probably end up in the Western Conference Finals again? Yeah. I would say if I were to bet right now, I bet they're in the Western Conference Finals. But here's the problem, and this is what's bothering me. Because I remember where my mind was last year in the middle of this mode. The Avs come off a Stanley Cup championship run. They struggle a bit throughout the course of the year. They have some things that look like flaws, but I'm like, but they're a champion. Maybe they're just a little bit bored with the regular season part. They played a lot of hockey. They just want to get to the postseason. They'll be fine. And then the postseason came, and they're bouncing the first round. And I thought they were capable of just flipping the switch when the postseason started and turning into that team that won the cup. And they didn't. And I know there's a whole bunch of other factors that went into it, Moshe. I understand, like the foul thing and injuries and all of that stuff. I get it. But you can't just assume that. And I think the teams that do just assume we can flip the switch sometimes get hit with a rude awakening when the postseason starts. Let me read this from Dane. Dane in Windsor. Thanks for listening to the show, Dane. And I appreciate all of you putting your names. There in aren't your enough texts. Danes in the world. There, I love there, Dane. There aren't enough Danes in the world. Anymore, and those of you man. who put your names on your texts, props, man. Props to you. I salute you because you're not afraid. <laughs> Dane writes in. Two games ago, you guys talked about the Lakers game, how great that was, and now you're complaining about back-to-back losses. The Lakers game, I would have told you that was a great game because they played hard from the get-go. Remember the Oklahoma City loss they had a few weeks? Was it two weeks ago where Joker didn't make yep. the trip? Yep. Remember that game? Yep. That, that loss didn't bother me one No bit. problem with that one. Why, why did that loss not bother me? Because they Tell played me why their asses off. They played Aaron hard. Gordon played like his hair was on fire. They wanted that. So... The Laker game, they played hard. They played in sync. They played hard. Did they play hard? What What do you guys think? What What is your true... Re- 
Do you look, does it look like, outside of Nikola Jokic, does it look like every other player on that team brought it in Sacramento? Nope, not at all. And in Milwaukee? Uh-uh. Nope. So, we say what we see. You may be watching a different game, Dane. You may be watching something else. And then you write, who gives a crap if you lose by 30 or 2? I give a crap. Because it shows how interested you might be. I give a crap. I do. And I guarantee Coach Malone gives a crap. And I guarantee everything that I'm saying in this microphone, the coaches are saying the exact same thing. It's it's also about habits. It's about preparation. It's about what's acceptable and what is not acceptable. And any coach in this league is going to want to tamp it down right away the best they possibly can, nip it in the bud, as Barney Fife would say. Just nip it. Just nip it in the bud. And you don't want to get into these, you know, accepting of this or bad losses or, I mean, so, you know, the late great Peter McNabb was always great because, you know, he played the game obviously for so long and he knew the game. He's like, you're down a couple of goals, big friggin' deal. Go get a couple of goals. You got dudes to do, go get a couple of goals, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, man, just go play the game, play hard, right? If you're down a couple of goals, you, you can't just – Give up 27 shots, even strength in the second period. Just go get a couple of goals or go get a – hey, you're down a goal. So a bad bounce. Go get a goal. And that's the idea. Say, man, you're you, – honestly, last night, Vic, Brett, when I'm watching, the Nuggets, I think, had a 23 to like 21 lead, something like that, right? Yeah, they, they had, came they back like a, in, a, at the end of the first, yep. Yeah, they came back and they had the lead, and then all of a sudden I turn around and I'm getting ready for bed here because I was tired, long day yesterday, and it's like 32 to 23. I'm like, oh, yeah. crap. Okay, yeah. I, I, I said from this point on they're dead, I, and I knew they were dead because nobody so had I. anything so did I. except Joker. I just knew they were dead, man. You just know, right? You know, and, and yes, and people, people just say teams go through slumps. I get it; it's natural. There's nothing wrong. Human nature. It's 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 okay to lose games. It's okay to lose. You're gonna lose. They're currently fourth in the Western Conference. They're a game and a half out of first. It's not the end of the world. I get that. It's how you lose. It's how you lose. It matters. How you lose matters. Wild inconsistencies matter. They do. You may not think they do, but they do. Now, if it's injury related, because I know Jamal wasn't hundred percent, you could tell. KCP shut him down until after the All-Star break. No reason to even try that again. He clearly wasn't himself. Mm-hmm. If, if they're you know, running he, their he starters had no, he, Dude, he had no jump in that game last night. His no, movement was like molasses. I could see yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I'm watching it, uh, and I'm going, he just doesn't. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. It, it, it obviously, it was more than a cramp, Vic. He, he just couldn't move. I mean, sit his butt down. Let's call it a day, man. Send him to a beach and get massages every day, whatever it takes. But, but if you're going to listen to this show, and, you know, we are the Nugget Station. We're the Av Station. And, and if, if, if you get all f- afraid when we critique the teams, I, I don't know what to tell you. Did, did, this is a championship well, roster. They have championship pedigree, okay? And when you have championship pedigree and you have parades, you better have championship pride. Did they play with championship pride last night? No. Did they play with championship pride last night? Answer <laughs> I that said question. No. <laughs> no, no. But to your point, Vic, if you guys noticed, they had one of these against New York a few weeks ago that we didn't yep. really freak out about. It was like sort of a one off situation. Okay, middle of one the road trip, whatever. Uh, one off. Even the fine. Sacramento game. The Sacramento game was like, okay, didn't back like that, but scheduled whatever. loss. Okay, whatever. The yeah. fact that it was this two in a row. Fine. Two in a no. row was not acceptable. It's not, especially with two days rest. You had rest. Now, 
Again, you're going to have one-offs all the time. Trends are not good. I challenge you Nuggets fans, take a look at last year's schedule. See if they ever got blown out four times in a span of 22 days like they had the last four, the last 20. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it. So that's the, a problem. I'm looking at the text line, and Jenny's throwing F-bombs at 7 in the morning. <laughs> These are professionals blanking <laughs> act like, okay. All right. So this like is that. So this is where we are. What the hell's the date today? The 13th, right? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. We got Jenny throwing F-bombs at 7.02 in the morning. You got Dane telling everybody to chill out from Windsor, wherever the hell Dane is. Yeah. I mean, everybody's yeah. kind of all over the – Ashley just sent a text in, wants to fight Michael Malone's face. I, mean, I don't know what the hell's going on here this well, morning. Someone said um, it's more concerning this year than last. Well, it should be because the Western Conference is better this year. Sure At it's... this point last year, the Nuggets were in first place going into the All-Star break, and they never let go first place. They grabbed first place in early January, and they did not let go of it through the rest of the season. This year, the Western Conference is good, man. It's yeah. better. It's not going to be as easy this year, so buckle up. Uh, we'll jump back into this a little bit later. 303-504-0925. So I want to talk about something, and Vic, you've mentioned this before. Um, how many years does it take to evaluate something? And when I look at the Broncos, the positions of power within a football roster, GM, coach, quarterback, I have a real concern with the timelines matching up between those three things and how it could affect decision making moving forward. I'll explain next. I'm against the wall. I'll shred them all and go with you. When choices end, you must Timelines, timelines, timelines. Um, Vic, you were talking about this, I think, in regards to Justin Fields. Three years in, should you know what a guy is in the league, right? Should you know? And three years is kind of the standard for a lot of things in sports. If you're a player, three years in, you should know whether that guy's good or not because that's right around the time you start thinking contract extension. And uh, am I going to give this guy a lot of money or not? Coaches, three years in, you should have some results as a head coach of your team going in the right direction and being competitive. Three years in for a GM, you have three draft classes, that's plenty to judge whether you're good at your job or not. It's a good standard. And here's, I think, a problem. The holy trinity of sports or football power, quarterback, GM, coach. You have a GM that's heading into year four, a head coach that's heading into year two, and a quarterback that, well, it's probably heading into year one because I don't think it's going to be Stidham. Those are all different timelines on how to judge people, and it's going to make it really difficult, I think, to know which direction this team is going in. For example, Sean Payton's going to be here for a while, He's not going to get fired at the end of this year unless he does some Urban Meyer stupid stuff off the field that combines with bad on-the-field play. But when you look at a guy like Peyton, uh, George Peyton, that is, what exactly is his strategy here? What if they do the move to plan for the future of the Broncos and they win five games again next year? Is he guaranteed to have a spot? Like, does he start thinking, do I need immediate stuff, immediate improvement, to justify keeping my job or do you go with the longer term plan even though I might not be a part of the longer term plan if we go that way you know what I mean when teams restart it's usually oh we got a new GM a new head coach and everybody's on the same page and here we go 
But that's not where the Broncos are at. They're in a weird place as far as timelines for each of those different spots. It's, it's an odd place to be as a franchise. What's the question? What do you, like, if you're George Payton, what do you do? Like, how do you go about your job? For example, well, if, if Sean Payton says, I want to draft J.J. McCarthy at 12 overall. And you, you draft J.J. McCarthy twelve. You draft J.J. McCarthy twelve overall because he's being paid eighteen million dollars a year to coach his football team. That's what you do if you're George Payton. Now I understand, Brett. He's still highly respected in the National Football League, and he's still got a good reputation. And all that is probably true. That's all great. This is Sean Payton's show. I don't give a rat's rip what timeline George Payton is on. I don't give a rat's rip what timeline his quarterback is on. Sean Payton's show, and he's being paid $18 bucks a year to run the show and get this team back to where it needs to be. Do it. That's the way I look at it, man. I completely agree with you. It's a really weird place, but the power structure is not like other places. The yeah, power yeah. structure is completely within Sean Payton. I heard all I needed to hear during Super Bowl week when he went to different platforms and he said, you know, the NFL today is not what it once was. We are reinventing ourselves every year now. The misnomer that you just build and build and build from the base. They're reinventing. That's what he said. So that tells me he's got an open canvas, man. It's just clean. And he's he can do whatever he wants. And that's what he's well, going to do. Well, he can do whatever he wants as long as he eats the money that he's not going to get for – Russell Wilson. I mean, they're going to have to eat that money somehow. And all this talk of restructuring, it's just weird to me. Because I don't know how we go to this timeline where Russ gets benched. There's the, the, the yelling There's the yelling on the field, the dressing him down. Then he gets benched. He doesn't play the last game. He calls the media over, gives his side of the story. The whole talk about you know the injury waiver and all this kind of crap midseason after the bye week or before the bye week. And then all of a sudden, all I hear pre-Super Bowl week and into Super Bowl week is restructure, restructure, restructure. Oh, restructure, restructure. They could still restructure. Either somebody's trying to position themselves to be the good guy or, I don't know, somebody's getting bad information. Because I don't, I don't see that happening. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. How the hell did we get from point A to where we are now with point B? Well, and some of the things when it surrounds Russell, and I, I still think the restructure talk is just posturing. I think it's just so it they has can say, so they can say we tried because it's. It, I don't see any way that this happens. But um, when he was doing those media rounds at, at the uh, the Super Bowl at Radio Row, he was talking about you know which quarterbacks get the most unfair hatred in the league. Like people hate on him, but it's it's not. Uh, it doesn't correlate with their play. Here's a few names he brought up. Unfairly hated. Yeah, like somebody who just constantly gets criticism and you're like, he's good though. Um, well, look, I would say all these young guys that we early evaluate, Zach Wilson in New York, you know, yeah. we've got early evaluations on him. Um, it happens all the time with, with uh, let me go around this division here. I think Garoppolo gets a lot of criticism, and he's someone that was just in this game not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, let me just spin around. <laughs> Carr in New Orleans, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, there's either thumbs up or thumbs down, but he gets a lot of criticism. I feel like there's so many, honestly, that get. Well, it's fickle. It's like, oh. Here's the deal. I'm <laughs> sure that freaking Baker was one of them, but then all of a sudden, oh, yes. you know what? The script flips. And then, like, all of us are like, well, we love Baker We love now, Baker, right? right? <laughs> Aren't we? Like, I'm looking for Baker. Like, where's he at? He's a free agent, you know? <laughs> he brings yeah. up a lot of those names. 
And the first thing that hit me, especially when he brought up names like Jimmy G, I'm just like, mm-hmm. why? But why? Like, we just, we've seen Keenum, and we've seen Flacco, and we've seen Bridgewater, and we've seen what happens. Like, you're okay, but never good enough. I don't know why he'd want it. And you said it yesterday, Vic, when it comes to, like, hitting the restart button and Mahomes being in this division. Like, I went through and I looked at some of the teams that were bad a few years ago and now really good. Did you know that Kyle Shanahan won 10 games his first two years in San Francisco? He didn't win more than six games in three of the first four seasons he was there. But they built with Kittle and Werner and drafting all these guys and building an actual core of a team. You know, the Bills... Won six games in McDermott's second year in Josh Allen's first. And the Lions were 4-19-1. They won 20 of their next 27 games. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking the medicine for a little bit. I don't need Jimmy um, G. You know what, though? He mentioned a bunch of quarterbacks. What makes you think that the quarterbacks he mentioned are ones he's after? What makes you think he's going to show his hand? What makes you think that he's going to go into a live mic and tell people, man, have you seen how Jimmy G's played? Oh, hey. He's just, he's talking. It's it's Radio Row. He's he's offering his opinion on something. He they're not going to show their hand on who they're into. They're not doing that. It could be someone we have no idea. I mean, it could be completely out of left field what they could be working on. I'm not saying specifically Jimmy G. I'm saying guys like him, guys of that same ilk. Well, Peter, hold on a second, Kaner. All your, this, this is what's become readily apparent to me. And I heard you talking during the appetizer hour about Baker Mayfield. Because I tuned in, I actually connected way, way ahead of the time before our show started. And I was just checking you out. I'm listening to what you have to say in your little app you have. Mm-hmm. What makes you think for the – I mean, your, your, your basic premise was, well, everybody thinks the Baker's good now, right? Oh, hey, Baker, they won the crappiest division in all of football. You're not wrong about that. But at the same time – it's almost like a quarterback like Baker Mayfield and all these guys that, that, that Coach Payton mentioned and guys that Will mentioned, and these are all like the fanciest deck chairs on the Titanic, okay? Because if you don't have one of the big lounge chairs on, on, on the love boat, then, then it doesn't, you're, you're sinking anyway, man. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? All these Jimmy G's and all these cars and all these Bakers, it's just which, which deck chair on the Titanic do you think is the nicest to sit in before it sinks? I mean, and that's and that's, but that's all these other teams have as well. That's all they got. They don't have access to the elite, elite that are going to win you Super Bowls. They don't have those kind of guys. So all these guys are just moving around, going around. It's the same thing wherever you go. Same thing, dude. But the problem is, <laughs> once you know that your team can't be competitive, and I guess it's different for teams that were like Cleveland or like Tampa last year, where you're playing in a crappy division. If you get a quarterback like Baker. Yeah, maybe you can win the division at 9-8 and eight and maybe a playoff game and who knows. The Broncos aren't doing that. So I don't understand the point. Like, the point in a player like that, which is an okay quarterback but not great, who's also a veteran guy, like, I don't know what that gets you. What do you get, stand to gain? Like, what did you gain from the Case Keenum experience? What did you gain from the Flacco? What did you gain from Teddy? Nothing. Like, all it did was basically waste a year. That's all. And that's the issue that I have. Like, if if, if we're going to fail. Dude, we wasted year after year. Dude, it's been the same story since Super Bowl 50, bro. 50. It's almost a friggin' decade now. It's driving me crazy. But you know what? 
but I'm also I'm also mature enough, I hope. I'm also cognizant enough of the situation to say, look, man, you're not winning the division anytime soon. Build it right. Take your time. Do it the right way. Acquire. Acquire. Build your core. Like you said, Kaner, build your core. That's going to be your core the next time you win something. Yeah. Do that. Hey. And, I, and I'll have to eat it and live with it, but that's just the way I think it has to be at this point. Yes, Victorio. Did you guys see how many people watch the Super Bowl? An average audience, average viewer on CBS, total audience, 123 million people watching the Super Bowl. The largest audience in the history for a single American television network. The most streamed Super Bowl in history. Record-setting amounts streamed. Uh, more than 200 million viewers watched all or part of it across all networks beyond CBS. They had it on that Nickelodeon cartoon crap mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. The highest total audience in the history of any Super Bowl, let alone any program. And when I see that 200 million watched all or part of it, my only question is, what were the other 122 million people doing? So my question is, is this, is that an accurate calculation? Like, how did they know? I was in a place that had like 30 people in there. How did they know that the 30 people watched? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that was, it was that one dude in the back that was going, one? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Four, six, seven, wait, does I mean, the baby count? Does the baby count? Yeah, baby count. You get eight, nine, ten, eleven. Oh, is that it? You maybe that's go- it. Wait, may, Vic, maybe that's it. The babies don't count. There's a whole bunch of babies in this country. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's I, you, it. You tell me, the, the whole ratings model, and anyway, you've heard us go off on that before. I have no idea how it works. No idea. It's it's all just speculation. You're speculating. You're, you're counting a few people and accounting for millions of people. I don't know how that works. You know. All I know is if they're telling me, if they're telling me according to these ratings that – 200 million people watched, and 132 did not. What were the other 132 million people doing Sunday around 5, 36 o'clock? What were uh, you doing? Going to, going to the public library and reading uh, Charles Dickens. I don't know, Vic, but I'm thinking to myself, hey, oh, Brett, does Marty, qual- does, does Marty qualify as one and a half people? Why is it a half? Because you uh, take a look at the upstairs there, and they say, oh, look at that. That's a dude. No, that's just a year. Okay. I see. Oh, we got one on the other side too. That, I that see what you're trying a, for, but it didn't. That work. counts as a, yeah. that counts as a half a yeah, dozen. Didn't didn't land, Moshe. Didn't uh, land. Didn't go. Didn't go. I like. The I, I made this point during Broncos Sundays when I walked around my old neighborhood, North Denver, on a, on a typical Broncos Sunday, and this is how much the franchise has changed. And, and I'm seeing a lot of people just walking dogs and having a good old time in the middle of a game day, like the game's on, and they're just in the park and they're <laughs> and they're drinking the. You know, that, that beer you drink in these beer places and everybody's having a good old time with their Subarus. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, there's a freaking game on the – the Broncos are playing football yeah. right now. What are you people doing? Well, what were you doing? I walked outside to look at all the people not watching the Bronco game. Oh, That's what okay. I was doing. Er- Eric says, hey, not everyone likes sports, Vic. But Eric, let me try to tell you something That's, here about the Super Bowl. It's not sports. The Super Bowl transcends uh, – It's and, not sports. And, 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 yeah. How, yeah. how? Hold on a second. Yeah, exactly. How much? It's it's an event. Okay, this is not a Nuggets game on a on a Tuesday night in Milwaukee. This is this is the Super Bowl. 
or Monday night in Milwaukee, I should say. Excuse me. But my my point, what the hell day is today? Is today Tuesday? Yes. Okay. I just, I'm, dude, I've been on the road for so long, I can't even think straight. This this transcends everything. How much of the 120, Vic, you're talking about, how much did the Super Bowl get a bump from Swifties? And, and I, I mean, it's it's real. I just don't yeah. know how much. A couple of million more? Know, man. 20 million more? I mean, you what, mean what is it? People would... You mean to tell me there, there, there's millions of people that watch the game that otherwise wouldn't had she? I mean, come on. I don't mind her at all. I don't. I'm not one of those whack jobs that is anti Taylor Swift. I actually like some of her music. I'm not. But at the same time, you can't tell me the success of the Super Bowl ratings wise has anything to do with her following. It's it's football. It's the NFL. Okay, it's, I know. It's the I, most I, popular I compl- sport in our country. I it is, completely It is our agree. national pastime. I'm just, I'm just saying there had to be some sort of a little bump from that as well because it's real. It's a real thing. Uh, a couple things, Brett, before we uh, take any other breaks or anything like that. Jenny already dropped an F-bomb at 7.02 in the morning. Dane, uh, our old buddy Dane in Windsor, um, I think he, he told me to stick it, and I'm not sure why he told me to stick it, but this is, this is the way this Tuesday morning is going now. F-bombs and stick People are tired of losing. Losing well, doesn't I, I feel get, good. I, I, get, I, I get that. I'm tired of losing, too. But, I mean, why do, why do I need to stick it? Someone uh, has to? Yeah, somebody has to. I've been, I've been maybe, nominated maybe to stick it. Maybe he played eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And you were the, the mo. Well, I think it was Vic. I think it was Vic. I'm, I'm getting Vic's hostility here. It should have been directed towards Lombardi. He's the one that was calling out Dane, but he told me to stick it. Uh, three I don't people get have jobs, I'm told. Yeah, I know people work on Super Bowl Sunday. I used to be one of those people. I used to work at a local station. We actually had newscasts during Super Bowl Sunday. But I would still watch the game. I, I'm just wondering. I mean, again, it, it's it, I, I always wonder what people are doing when they're not watching the game or listening to the game. That's all. It's just a question. It's not a... Not that big a deal. 303-504-0925. A lot to get into. The Nuggets with a bad loss yesterday. Also, the Avs. We need a win. A big win. And we'll break down how to get that next. How do we get a win tonight, Moj? How do you do it? Uh, well, it, dude, it's gonna your effort is going to have to be big here. I'm serious. A lot of guys have gone cold. But I just think that right now you're you're completely disconnected from each other. Abs had a pretty good practice yesterday. Uh, during the breaks, I'd go over and watch what they were doing uh, on that far sheet of ice in Florida, and it was pretty pretty good. Hopefully, Nathan McKinnon's going to go tonight. The coach seemed to think that that he was going to be in good enough shape to do that. That's good news. But uh, they need to play as a unit, Kane. They need to keep the legs moving. When the legs are moving and they're defending well, everything good happens from there. Everything good happens. I need to see Georgie with a good game coming up tonight. I really want to see that. He's 4-0-0 against the Caps in his last four starts. The uh, the Caps are coming off a 3-0 shutout win against Boston, but they're only 1-5-2 in their last eight games, so they, they can be got a little bit right now. Ovechkin's starting to heat up just a little bit. He's got a five-game streak going on, so you know a couple things at play here. But this is all about the Avs, who, by the way, come into tonight's game as a favorite. The last two games, they've been a dog in both Carolina and Florida, but tonight they come in as a favorite against the Caps. So uh, I need to see that professionalism. I need to see that that want to. I need to see that that you know that self-owning of where they've been, and let's give a good old-fashioned effort coming up tonight. Another thing, too, I was reading a story out of ESPN, 
and they did a um, uh, a ranking by execs and players around the National Hockey League. Not a, a super big sample size, but enough. Number one defenseman in all of the land is... Kale McCarr. Kale? Yeah, it is Kale. Yes, it's Kale McCarr. It's not Quinn Hughes who came in at number two. It is Kale McCarr, and people were calling him, you know, Connor McDavid, except a defenseman, uh, human cheat codes, all this kind of thing. And and I think you need to look at a guy like Kale, look at Nate, look at Miko. These are your big-time players. These are your leaders. Your best players have to be your best players more often than not, and they've been ice cold as of late. So I need to see them get off the schneid. The power play on this road trip is 0 for 13. There are times it's looked dismal. There are times it's looked really good. They just haven't been able to put the puck in the net. Special team's going to be big tonight. So if you want uh, a formula, Kaner, win the special team's battle and defend in your own end and let's go. Hey, Moj, since you fashioned yourself as a player and a member of the Avalanche roster, how was that players-only meeting that took place after the last game? How the hell would I know? What well, are I mean, talking about? Because you're a part of it. Because you always no, say what, you're, what, 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 you, you're part what, of the you team, know, you have to get no, to I, skate. I, this. I have, listen, i got to get to skate to do my job. Do you ever have to get to shoot around to do your job ever? Do you ever go to shoot around? This job takes priority over that job. Okay, well, this morning skate happens after my job. And by the way, I'm here at the rink at 8 in the morning, D.C. time, to do this job. So why don't hey, you pipe Brett, down there, short Brett. round, and, and give, me, give, me an opportunity to, give me an opportunity to explain here a little bit. What you Brett. should be doing, perhaps, is asking Kyle how it went. I would have no idea. He's the well, one that bo- got kicked out. Yeah, both of you guys are in the same boat. Bo- both of you and Kyle uh, fashioning yourself as members of the organization. Am I wrong on this, um, Marty, Brent? Am I, am well, I off base here? Only when they're winning. When they're struggling, he's <laughs> yeah. just a broadcaster. I mean, I, have you ever met two broadcasters that think they're a part of the team like those two guys are? I like that ever? assessment, though. I like that. It's when they're winning, they're a part of the team. When not, I'm just broadcasting the games, man. I don't know what to tell you. You know, What am I going to do? Um. Again, you can hear that game right here, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Can I ask you guys a... Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Go ahead. A little bit more. Some guys need to get out of the cooler. Some guys need to, in my opinion, recognize they're not playing the game well or playing the game the right way. They need to get something. Ryan Johansson. There. I think he's one of them. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But 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 believe but what me when I do? tell you, if, if he's not if he's not fast enough, like the the big knock on Johansson coming in was. Is he going to be able to keep up with the avalanche pace? If he can't do it, he can't do it. Yeah, no, it's a good question, actually, because everybody's complaining about Johansson, and my response has always been, okay, you don't like the way he's playing. What are you going to do about it? Like, you don't really have too many options that are readily available that you're like, yep, he's ready to go on the second line with somebody else. When was the, when was the, when was the last time the Avs scored kind of an ugly goal? Like a grinder's goal? When was, the, when was the last time a guy scored a goal and got his butt totally kicked at the top of the crease doing it? Yeah, those are see, those are Val kind of goals. Those are Gabe kind of goals. Those goals by those kind those of can also, But those can also be Ryan Johansson kind of goals. He was right there yeah. last game and got mm-hmm. stuffed by Bobrovsky. But, I mean, it, it, it's not just him. I think everybody needs to get down and dirty. All this, hey, everybody wants to go bar down. Yeah. But I think I think you're going to have to get some ugly ones before the pretty ones start flowing again. That's it. Get dirty. 
Yeah, get dirty. I mean, there's there's a lot, dude. Dude, this is a long season. It's a it's a it's a dynamically physical game. Sometimes you got to get your ass kicked to win. Sometimes you do. Um, you can hear that game tonight right here, Altitude Sports Radio, ninety-two-five. Just allow me a couple of minutes here. Don't need to spend too much time on this topic, but I'm just curious. Two days from now, what happens? You guys know? Hold on. February fifteenth. I'm going to Hansen's for dinner. Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to Hanslick's for dinner. Okay. Mosh, you got a guess? Yeah, I'll be in Tampa doing the Evs and Lightning game before we come home from this friggin' monumental, feels like forever road trip. My God, I was going to say, how long is this roadie? Long time. Uh, two days from now, Rockies pitchers and catchers report for spring training. Oh, oh you're kidding. So I'm just curious, and again, we don't got to spend too much time on this, but just curious. What's the mentality heading into the Rocky season? What are we thinking? What are we hoping for? What what happens? I, I think the worst thing you could say when I you ask a question of that you nature. You say, yes, go ahead. I don't have a mentality. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have one. I don't have an expectation. I do care. Somebody said nobody cares. I care. I want them to win. I want them to be a part of my summer. I want that. I love that. Again, I love nothing more than mid-June and July when you're on the patio outside. It's a beautiful summer evening. You can flip on the tube and watch the Rockies, and it's a hell of a game. Those matter to me. That's a great time. And I know, Mose, you love that time. But if you don't matter, and and if if the games are inconsequential at that point, I don't know what to think. I did they sign anybody in the offseason? Uh, no, the, the, no, the guy Quinn something? The the catcher? I'm sorry, the pitcher. Quinn? Well, they, they got a couple of different arms, yeah, but but it's nothing like, here's my beef with the Rockies here, and this is what I just, I don't, and I haven't understood them for years. And I, like you, Vic, I want them to be a viable, competitive baseball team so damn badly because I think it'd be so fun to have a summer where the Rockies are like relevant and in stuff and playing games of consequence and blah, blah, blah. Since Arenado was traded, is Chris Bryant the only move, like real move they've made in the offseason? And that was even one that just didn't make a lot of sense. Like, Marty, am I off on this? Is there anybody else that you would consider a big acquisition in an offseason via trade, free agency, Whatever. Is there anything outside of Chris Bryant that you would mention in that same vein? Like, we've had those minor league invites, like the spring training invites for guys like Matt Kemp or Mark Reynolds or somebody like that, but that's inconsequential. They they went through about a a four- or five-year shopping spree era where they were spending money, and now they've clearly pivoted to, hey, we're not going to sock out any more cash. This is who we are, and and that's what it is. What did I read? Where did I read it? How did I see it? I came across it in the past week that the Rockies, their front office was the only front office to get an F for the offseason. Yeah. There were I, some D's I saw that too. I can't out. remember where that was, yeah. but I saw what the same was thing. that? Kaner, help me out. I mean, I came across it and I read it. I absorbed it clearly because it stuck in my brain that they were the only front office to get an F. But I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I don't know who it was from. It could have been from Baby Jamal Kale writing it up on her little uh, could be you know, her little Fisher Price typewriter or whatever. I mean, I, I I don't remember. But they, Vic, I'm with you. I would love yeah. them 
to be a competitive baseball team. Brett, I'm with you. I would love to be able to yeah, sit on the patio with the game on and enjoy myself, have a fine cigar from Smoker Friendly, all that kind of thing. But I have my my I, I don't even have expectations. I'd like to say I have low expectations. I have honestly zero expectations. What's what's less than zero? Because I know what's coming. I and there are guys I like. I like Nolan Jones. I like Tovar. I like Profar. I mean, there there are, there are dudes I Profar's like. Profar's not there anymore. Yeah, I was going to say right, he's gone. Isn't he? Yeah, he's gone. I don't have the roster in front of me, so I'm not going to cheat. And I know most of you like to cheat. You love to cheat when it comes but to But I don't, I don't have it in front of me either. Okay. okay, I'm a cheater, right. Okay, whatever. How many Rockies can we name right now? Current Rockies. Let's go. Let's go. Ready? Okay. Let's go. Catcher. Freel- Freel- That's Catcher. Diaz. That we one guy. That. Diaz? The That's one guy, Diaz. the veteran. That. It's Diaz. Okay. Elias Diaz, right? Is that his first name? Elias yes. Diaz, yes. All right. Yes. And he the All-Star, All-Star game, game MVP. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All-Star yes. MVP, Elias Diaz, that is. I forgot about that. Okay, so he's the catcher. Is there a backup catcher? Yeah, they, they Not, signed some guy. Oh, I know who it, I, that I can guy. picture the, the dude. The, that dude? Yeah, the dude. The dude. All right. All right, first base. Uh, McMahon moved over, right? I don't, yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it McMahon? I, as far as, D- as, far as it, I'm concerned, can Nolan Jones play first base? No, he's playing the outfield. Right. Okay. Second base. Could, could if he, if they needed to move in there, could he? He's a big old Is dude. Is Brandon Rogers second base or shortstop now? Second base. He's second base. Second you base. got one. Okay. Yep. So yeah. there's there's one second base. Tovar, you got the roster. In Tovar is okay. short. Tovar's your McMahon shortstop. Is third. And, uh, McMahon is your third baseman. All right. So who's the first base? If McMahon's the third baseman, who's playing first? They had like a shuffling rotation last year after they traded Crone. Who you got, Marty? Who is it? Toglia. Oh yeah, they brought up Toglia. Michael right, Toglia. Right. Toglia. Okay. All right. So outfielder. Here we go. Um, yeah, that one guy. Dude, is Brenton Doyle? The guy that could it's run. Nolan Jones. The and guy that could run Chris, all over the Chris park. Doyle. It's Chris Bryant, right? Brenton Doyle, Nolan Jones, and Chris Brenton Bryant. Brenton Doyle. Yeah. Brenton Doyle. I, I Charlie. got it. I nailed it. Charlie's still an outfielder. Charlie, Charlie's, Charlie's a still, DH. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do the arms now. Let's do uh, Kyle Freeland. Well, the, uh, I, Bard, like, I don't know the timelines of health, by the way, Gom, on all these Gomber, pitchers that were hurt. Is, Gom, is Marquez hurt? healthy? Hurt? No, he's is Marquez not still hurt? Is he? I think he Senzatella. is. Senzatella. still on the team. Yeah. He's hurt. The, I mean, the, the rotation actually is pretty easy. It's just a matter of whether guys are going to be healthy or not. It's it's uh, Marquez, Freeland, Senzatella, Gomber, and I said it was going oh. to be easy, Brett. Uh, oh, I know, I know who it is. I know who it is. Uh, God, when the name hits me, I'm going to be really mad. It's a regular name, average name, very American name. Huh? Is it Anderson? The name you're missing. It's a very American name, like right in the heart of America. Smith, Anderson, Jones. No, no. Who is it, Marty? I wish Chad Cool was still here. Cool whip. <laughs> I don't know, Marty. Who I is Peter it? Lambert? I hated oh, Lambert. Peter that, Lambert. Is that an American Peter name? Peter Lambert. Very American okay. name. That's like an Iowa name. Peter Lambert. Yes. 100%. Which is not what you got on this test. <laughs> 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 Who did? Uh, That's the point, isn't it? Isn't o- Daniel Bard still the closer? A texter says yeah. Scott Oberg. Yeah, remember, guy. remember when Vic staked his reputation on the idea that <laughs> Oberg was not a lifetime Rocky? <laughs> remember that? <laughs> well, dude, I remember the old days where if you said in February, give me the Rockies lineup and be able to rattle it off like nothing, right? 
Yeah. Correct? I feel like I did yeah, okay. Those days are long gone, bro. Oh, you did those terrible. Days, we're looking. What do you mean? I missed the first baseman and you named like the two last pitchers, pitcher. dude. I went through the entire rotation. All right, 303. All right, name the entire coaching staff right now. Bud Black. End of staff. It's the manager. All right, back after this. <laughs>